0: All this trip on me, I feel amazing
1: I And mean, you're so special, it's the occasion I'm sure And I pop champagne you. like it's a celebration please All please across please. the nation Are you there? C-P-M-A The Show, the Afcon edition, along with uh, on the whistle, our our lovely partners, um, Alistair, obviously is still in the court Um, you know, soaking up all the sun and you know having a whale of a time while while some of us are fighting storms and whatever else. <laughs> Alistair, what's up, man? But well,
0: let me not lie; it was it's so good, so good to be be, be in the warm. Let me not lie. I like it. even even I like. I mean, Abishan, is hot. Even Yamasu for today, it's like thirty-six degrees. And you know, I think, oh, wow. oh man, this is this is strife. Like it's hot, blah blah blah. And then I just think, mm, I could be back in the UK. I could be freezing. I could yeah, be wet. Yeah. And suddenly, I'm like, actually. I'll take thirty-six <laughs> degrees. I'll take the sun. This is this is. It's a good time. man. It's a good time.
1: <laughs> um. Honestly speaking, I'd... so we're recording this a day after uh, Ghana. Have a, and Ivory Coast have effectively been um, eliminated, even though it's not it's not confirmed yet. It's not looking good for them. Alistair, where do we start? I mean, because the last time we recorded was just before the match day two um, fixtures, so I suppose that's the best way. That's the best place to start. But I mean, so much has happened since last Thursday that I almost just kind of want to talk about Ghana and Ivory Coast, but I know we've got so much to cover. <laughs>
0: Nah, man. The other stuff doesn't matter,
1: man. All, all we need to do is cook, <laughs> yeah. cook, cook those two countries. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, but you know I suppose we can start. We can start an scoop anyway. So, um, Equatorial Guinea have been, to my mind, and probably not to yours, to my mind, maybe the biggest surprise for me this this Afcon because they can't stop just can't seem to stop scoring goals. Um, like they genuinely can't at all. And I don't know. I don't know how. We explain the AFCON to somebody that's never watched AFCON before, but a right-back is the top scorer in the AFCON right now. (laughs) Alistair, please help me make sense of it.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll help you make sense of it. First game, Equatorial Guinea, draw 1-1 with Nigeria. day before their their second game against Guinea-Bissau, I interview Emilio Nsue. Next day, he scores a hat-trick. Game after that, he scores two goals. (laughs) Easy done, man. You just need to be interviewed by me. Um, But in all seriousness... (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, in, in all seriousness, it's it is remarkable. Like like you said, like it was one of the most shocking things. Like coming into the tournament, I knew Equatorial Guinea were like a really good, solid side. Like I thought they would go through, but I didn't. Like you know, whether second or third, definitely not first. I didn't see them scoring this many goals. Um, I, I think it's been it's been brilliant to watch, brilliant to see. And then Sui is amazing because yeah, like like you said, he he he's an interesting guy because he. Came through all the youth youth ranks in Spain, kind of born in Mallorca, played it, grew up playing there. I think his dad is extroganed, his mom is Mallorcan. And then he he kind of gets to he's played for every youth level of Spain. He's won the under 21 Euros, and then it's kind of coming up to the Olympics in 2012. And it's kind of him and Bojan are the two kind of Spanish stars, the, the youngsters. And then he surprisingly just doesn't get picked. Mm-hmm. Um and then after he doesn't get picked, he then essentially immediately goes and plays for Equatorial Guinea. He's kind of like, nah, screw this. Like, Spain's not going to pick me. I'm going to go play for Equatorial Guinea. On his debut, his competitive debut, he's made the captain, and he scores a hat trick. Okay? But then, because <laughs> Equatorial Guinea didn't... He care, can't help himself. Yeah, he can't help himself. But then Equatorial Guinea didn't get his paperwork right. And so that game was... Uh, so he was technically ineligible, so they technically lost that game. So those three goals don't are like... Have been struck off the record, so he's their top goal scorer already of all time, and he should have an extra, extra three goals. It's genuinely remarkable. Like he is, his story is incredible. Like you say, like he started off as a striker, and then at Mallorca, Michael Laudrop, the great Danish player and coach, essentially told him, "You're a shit finisher, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you a winger, and then eventually <laughs> a fullback." And that's what he's played for almost his whole career, except for Equatorial Guinea, who he's, a, he's the top goal scorer. He's the, he's a legend.
1: So, so do you... Do you think he's the um? Do you think he's this is just him rebelling at this point now? Just like yeah, you know what I've been, I've been holding back for so long. Let me actually show them what I'm about. And he's just he, unfortunately you know Guinea and and Ivory Coast have had to pay the price. For, yeah, but like for the, Michael Lowdrop.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't. But the crazy thing is he still plays as a defender. He plays in the third tier of yeah. Spanish football and he plays as a center back yeah. or a right back. Like. What. Yeah. <laughs> But then he comes, and, and it's not just the AFCON. Like the last World Cup qualifiers, he scored both their goals and both their 1 0 wins. Like he is, he yeah. is, is it inevitable. It's, it's remarkable. I absolutely love it. It's brilliant.
1: And that's the thing. People, like, I think AFCON is probably the, is the, the tournament where I look at it. I think every single country's best player, more than any other tournament, needs to take the piss. So I don't mean take the piss in the sense that, like, oh, um, they don't respect their teammates, but I mean, like, they'll be doing things that you never even knew they could do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not whole tournament Like I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw, Mo Salah like genuinely in midfield, like dropping into the pivot sometimes. It can be. This just doesn't happen. Like, what are you <laughs> doing here? Like, seriously, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suppose on to, on to the next game. Um, I'm happy to talk about this, but, but um, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, Nigeria were were cooked against Ivory Coast, but watching Nigeria for as long as I have and just knowing what Nigerians are like, right, Pride and Nigeria are, are so synonymous with each other, and it's a thing where, the better the team is, Nigeria seems to play better, and it's just, it's, it's based on Pride, it's not because they essentially think, oh, um, we don't want to get embarrassed, it's more about, well, these guys think they're good, let's show them, who, you know, who really is good here, kind of, that's that's more what, what where it is, and it's just, it's an arrogant thing, you know, so I appreciate they've got, you know, a, a really well balanced team on this, just and the other. Nigeria, like, well, who cares? We're Nigerian. <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty much what it. Yep. Is. Yep. So, what'd, you, what'd you think?
0: <laughs> well, like, oh, yeah, that, I mean, to be fair, I, I got to give Nigeria credit, man. That that game against Cote d'Ivoire, yeah. they were brilliant. Like, they just perfect yeah. game plan, moved to the back three, ex- oh, kind of cool. accepted, like, hey, our midfield shit, theirs is great, so let's just ignore that. Like, we'll just work around it. Yeah. It was defensively so solid. I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch the Guinea-Bissau game because I was I was watching the Ivorian game uh, yesterday, yeah. so, but I didn't hear great things. Um, but like they got the job done, came second. But yeah, I, Nigeria yeah. wild because suddenly with with all these huge teams, Egypt looking looking terrible, Cote d'Ivoire maybe going out as well. Like. Suddenly, yeah. like I was looking at some betting places, some like odds and stuff. Suddenly, Nigeria the third favourites for this tournament. I'm like, what? How? Like, this is yeah. what? What kind of sorcery is this? I don't, I don't get it. Like, honestly, it's,
1: it's crazy. So, so has the thing. I think this is this suits Nigeria down to the ground. I really do. Um, I think us not being in the spotlight of being one of the favourites probably just looking to carry on doing our thing and our performances are or showing that you know, like that three four three, I'm so I won't lie to you, I have to give give our coach some credit because he's he's looked at it and thought, Okay, let's I can do something with these players if I I suppose let my pride go a little bit and and change things up and we'll get to the second game. So we'll get to the final game that Nigeria played also yesterday um, in the group but I think he's found a really good balance of the creativity and the defensive um, solidity as, as well. There and, I, and I'm, I can't lie to you, I'm I'm very very pleased. But after the, after that, I was like, okay, cool. Nigeria are in a great position. Like Ivory Coast need to win the next game, and if they don't, well, you know, it's, it's looking bad for them. But where, to, to my mind, I kind of thought as if we were already through, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, I think onto one of the you know best games, I suppose, so far. Match day two was Egypt Ghana. <laughs> whatever <else> happened
0: <laughs> bro this is the wild thing is i've almost, almost even forgotten about that game because of because of yeah. all the nonsense that's come after that that, that game was brilliant yeah. like it was, yeah. it was just so like perfect of like it felt like such a wonderful afcon game because on the one hand yeah you had muhammad kudus like turning up that's star fantastic. boy unbelievable, like, taking the game by the scruff of the neck in in a way that no one else at this tournament has been able to, just been like, I'm I'm here, like, I'm here, I'm him. And then you have at the other end, like, the defense, like, giving away these absolutely ludicrous goals to get Egypt back into it. Um, And then this is all whilst, like, most salaries getting injured and coming off, and then people, like, actually being kind of happy about it in Egypt. I think that's one one of the things that's been quite interesting about this tournament is we've seen... We, you know, I think Mosal has always been criticized by people outside of Egypt a lot, yeah. and like I think very harshly. Oftentimes, I think I think he's a brilliant player, and I think we, he, he's done dirty to be honest. But this is the yeah. first time where we've seen Egyptians themselves be like, Yo man, what's wrong with you? Like you're not, you don't, you don't love our team. Like why aren't you committing to us? Like why don't you care yeah. about us? And and it was interesting speaking to some of the Egyptians. Like the press conference before the last game, there were like essentially most of the questions were just like how do you respond to the criticism? Like, why do you think you don't play as well for Egypt? And like, I was speaking to an Egyptian journalist. He said, that's never, ever happened. Like it's never happened yeah. that an Egyptian journalist has asked him a negative question. So it was interesting. The like and then, tur-
1: the tide is turning. It's, exactly. It's
0: turning. It's it's, oh man. Like, yeah, that game was bonkers. Like, yeah, just like Kudu's scoring those brilliant goals. And then Ghana just being an absolute joke, Egypt looking better when Salah came off. Like it just kind of had everything. And yet somehow neither team won. It's just, yeah. Oh, I
1: loved it. Honestly, my Mam- was fantastic that game, and he was the clear danger. And Dean said, "It's like Ghana, if you want to see this game up, don't let him get the ball." And what did they do? They let him get the ball. They literally <laughs> just <laughs> gave him the <Yeah>. ball. Like, <laughs> yeah. not even let him. Like, they gave it. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I know, man. Um, Cape Kate Verde, Bur- Kate um, by far and away, is the most entertaining team. Them, to be honest, I think them and um. Them and uh, South Africa have probably been the most insane teams, I think, from But, yeah, they beat the out of Mozambique. There was no competition there at all. But some of the goals, um, Bebe's goal was just out of this world. Um, and this is what we talk about, players, you know, coming to the AFCON and just discovering stuff that we never knew they could do. Um, even though Bebe always had that shot and them kind of thing I don't think he's ever scored a goal like that before <laughs> um, and then Pina's goal was just out of this world I mean I, I don't know what else we can really say about this other than the fact that I, I don't think anybody wants to play Kate Bird in the knockout actually to be honest nobody wants to With,
0: without a doubt yo Kate Bird is so funny like I, I mean Bebe Bebe is the one who's so funny because watching him live you're like his movement is so good he'll drift out wide pull a defender like they'll play a long ball up he will have an amazing touch not mega defender dribble past another person and then like shoot it you know like 20 yards over the over the goal into the stands like he's just this enigma of being simultaneously brilliant and absolutely yeah. terrible but yeah that that second game paper it was so funny cuz against i was kind of <laughs> looking at at the like the stats and 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 in against Ghana in the first game, they created the highest XG of any any game at the tournament at that point. I think they created like two point nine nine. It was all like mm-hmm. these amazing chances, cutbacks, like yeah. really, really like just in and around the six yard yeah. box, blah blah. Next game, they're like, nah, like we're just gonna we're just gonna hit bangers from thirty yards. Like we don't care about about kind of creating good chances. Yeah. or anything. We're just gonna score wonder goals. We don't, you know that. And I loved it. Yeah, man, came for have been... They
1: told the XG nerds. You know, I love it. Yeah, exactly. It. They said.
0: Take take your numbers and get out of here. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> honestly, Kaverde have been
1: been my favorite team to watch.
0: I have absolutely loved watching them. They're
1: brilliant. Yeah, for sure. Um, Senegal, um, I, Senegal. They, they, there's so much you can say about them, but what I do tend to enjoy about it the most is that the chances they create always seem to fall to their best players, and um, which is, you know, I wouldn't say it's rare for international football, but because so much work goes into limiting space for all these, like, world stars that play in these big leagues and leagues whatnot kind of thing. And Senegal were just like, well, no, Sar's going to score today. So is Mane. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing to do about it. But I feel like the main the main talking point here is the fact that this was Onana's first game in the AFCON after he obviously missed the first one. And he did nothing to suggest that he should be playing in the next game, basically. <laughs>
0: And it's so, like this whole Onana thing is an absolute joke. And we're recording this right before Cameroon play Gambia in their last group game. And I have it on fairly good authority that he won't even be playing in this third game. They're going to go back to Andorra. Um, now I'm sure a lot of people will listen to this after that game, so they can tell me if, in in, uh, in retrospect yeah. if, if I was wrong about that and he actually played. But it's an absolute yeah. joke. Like Cameroon, it's just it's like it's just an absolute yeah. joke. Like Rigobert song, song is not. You know, like, they, what, what they're trying to do at Cameroon is try and do exactly what Senegal has done, right? They've, they've kind of got, trying to build this connection mm. between the federation and the, and the coach, a coach who's got a lot of respect, a lot of pedigree playing in Europe, and, like, and then they want to just give him lots of time and say, you know, like, okay, even if the first few years are rough, we're going to give you a lot of time. And, and that's how Senegal did it, and it was brilliant, right? Like, they had a few, they didn't look good when LUCC took over, and even, like, last AFCON, mm. when they played, they won it, but they they looked really rubbish, to be honest. It was one of the worst teams yeah. to win an AFCON in terms of the performance, whereas now they're cooking. Like, they look so good. Whereas the problem is, is Cameroon, I just don't think Song is, is, like, as good a coach as as Aliouzi said. I don't no. think he's as good as a tactician, and I, I just don't think he's a coach. And so it means you've just got this, like, chaotic situation where I think they've overturned, I think, 18 players from the World Cup, like, just over a year wow. ago. I think 18 new players in this team. And, like, I get it. Again, like... There's parts of it I get because they've gotten these young players. They've got like the base of a, a team that could go, you know, become good in the future. Players like Christopher Wu, you know, Pemi Pemi Mumbanga, who just who just signed from Marseille. Like, you know, there's there's some pieces there, and then it like, but yeah, man, it was men against boys. Senegal Senegal said this is how you play football. This is how you run a federation. This is this is how you do business. And and they yeah they they took them to the cleaners. Honestly, it was Senegal were just. Oh, they well,
1: it, it wasn't close. It won't it not close. <laughs> um, Guinea beat Gambia and um I for one would love to see um one of the Guineas, another one of the Guinea's in the Indian, um, <laughs> in the knockout stages for sure. Um they look they're in good shape. Look, Cameroon have have one point, Guinea have already have four, essentially a draw sees them through. Um I hope they get it a part of me. I probably feel like there is some more drama to come, for sure. <laughs>
0: Honestly, you can't. Rule I don't it want out. to call it. Yeah and, yeah, and let me let me let me say this: Cameroon are a terribly run organization at the moment. They don't look like they have any yeah. de- like direction, but that is where Cameroon thrives. You know, this is this is the same yeah. country that in twenty seventeen rocked up to the Afcon, had eight of their best players, including like Joel Matip, players like that, refused to go to the Afcon yeah. on like the week before the Afcon. They bring in all these random players and then they win. And Christian Basagog, who no one had ever heard of before, gets yeah. player of the tournament and like balls out, looks like Messi. So this is the one thing is I I know Cameroon are somehow yeah. gonna beat Gambia, somehow gonna get through. Now I think they will, they I don't think they're gonna go far, but I just yeah, like you said, I don't there's still there's still more to come. I don't think this story is finished. It's yeah, I I never I never kind of no, fully, fully I think, believe I think Cameroon are down.
1: Yeah. And and the thing is even if Guinea obviously leads to the Senegal, I think four points is more than enough for one of the fourth place best teams. That like more, more than enough for Um third place best team, Sure. Um Yeah,
0: I know, I know the math is well complex. Right. We all have to get our calculators to is, calculate the third place, but I think Guinea are through. I think. Yeah. <laughs> even if they come third. But yeah, yeah exactly. You, oh we, I was there with like five journalists yesterday after the after the Côte d'Ivoire game and we we were spent like ten minutes, all of us like their laptops out trying to figure out okay well if Ghana, if Ghana does this da, 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 da. unfortunately Ghana pulled through Ghana, Ghana got the draw yeah uh, which, which knocked them yeah. out because because I personally I really want to stay in the tournament just because I mean yeah. let me tell you the home yeah, team. The home team. exactly yesterday I would say 75 percent of people were wearing Côte kits I've never been in a country where so many people wear the home like the kit unbelievable yeah. everything is orange everything today I, I haven't seen a single no person one. wearing a Kutubak kit. No one. And even like no it was great this morning. It, it rained for the first time I've been here. Like even even the gods knew that <laughs> it's a sad day in in in, in, in the So yeah, I'm I'm still praying that they get but, through. I'm I'm still fingers crossed. Wow. They still get through.
1: Three points <laughs> might do it. You, you never know. Three points might might do it. Um, another one of uh, the big teams that are supposed underperforming: Algeria 3-2 Kino Faso. I don't know. I don't know what they have to do to, to stop this stop this rot. Because to me, they have so much talent there, and I look at the players that they bring off the bench. and I was thinking, thinking, how are, how are Algeria, despite it being actually in Africa, how are Algeria in this mess? They have a reliable goal scorer, They have one of the best win goal, um, reliable international goal scorers, should I say, which is very important in, in these tournaments. And they have someone who's essentially won them this tournament before and they can't even put it together. What what is happening?
0: I think for me, the biggest thing with Algeria is they they just haven't been able to manage the transition between this older generation and their young guys, right? Like, I think, obviously, they had that brilliant 2019 AFCON and then they kind of had this massive Mm -hmm. failure, both the, the AFCON last year, but more, I think, so the World Cup. I think the World Cup was their kind of, like, big thing is they, they were like, you know, I think essentially they wanted to do what Morocco did, you know, a home tournament in the, yeah, in the Arab yeah. world, blah, blah, blah. like, And so that, that knocked him. But I would have thought that after that, Jamal Bamadi who I think is a good coach, would have like mm-hmm. started that integration process, started bringing through something. Yeah, like you said, you look at the bench, some of these guys like Faire like, Shaibi, Mohamed Amoura, Adam Ones, like, you know, even... How wasn't off the bench? Yeah, exactly. He didn't even get off the bench. And so for me, it's like... What? So yeah, I'm, I think Algeria will be back. I think, you know, next tournament 2025, I think, I think, especially because it's in Morocco, there'll be some fire in, in their bellies and, and they'll have a younger, more exciting yeah. team. But they could have had that this tournament. But I think it's just they haven't yes. been able to, to kind of integrate the young guys. And, and, you know, look, the, these old guys, these geezers are good enough to get you through the qualifiers comfortably, especially because they were in quite an easy qualifying group with Tanzania and Uganda and Niger. But once you get to the yeah. competition, like, yeah, they're all cooked. Like, especially Mar, He looks, he looks at, him and Feguli in particular just look absolutely cooked. Yeah, they just don't have any kind of spark to
1: them. Uh, I will lie to you, Feguli still, play, still, you know, being at this level is is, a, is remarkable to me at this point, at, at least anyway. I thought, I, I didn't, didn't think he'd be, still be a main guy for, for, for Al So that's, maybe that's a good and bad thing depending on how you look at it (laughs) but um, yeah I think the the next game the the next game um, Mauritania sorry Mauritania sorry um, against Angola Angola are a fun team and I really think I'm not going to I'm not going to cast any sort of finality over them but I really think they've got another big result left in them in this tournament Um, and look Gelson got two goals the other day and I honestly think you put not for less than four.
0: <laughs> honestly, yeah. On, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. This game, I, I, I. Much to my shame, after the game before it, I went back to my apartment and I and I fell asleep, and I woke up because yeah. there's a fan zone maybe like two hundred meters from my place, and there was and the goals were so good. That the random Ivorian fans were like had just gotten so into the game that they like their cheering woke me up, so I like quickly ran down and watched the rest of the game <laughs> yeah. because it was mad. Like this game was just madness. Like yeah, and I agree with it you. Just I think I th- yeah, like absolute bangers. First of all, from Mauritania. Like oh yeah. my goodness, that Koita goal. Oh, good lord. Yeah. But then yeah, I think I think you're totally right, man. Like uh, Angola, you know, like Absolutely. defensively quite solid, and then they have this really kind of exciting. Kind of front line you know mabalulu jelson zini you know we have we haven't seen the best out of him yet but i think there's there's a lot to this team and you know which, what's crazy as well as coming into this tournament probably their best player is zito Luvumbu who didn't who didn't even start this game he had to come off the bench so i think like nope. i think you're right this is this is a this is a fun team and i think there's there's still goals in them and I, yeah i'm really excited to watch i'm i'm gonna be here i'm here at yama super and i'll be watching them later today and i'm really excited
1: are great stuff, man! Um, so I suppose I suppose we're getting closer towards you know what everybody came here for. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose look, Tunisia, Mali, and Morocco and and Congo both drew one one, and I think the most interesting thing that both these six is more the fact that Morocco couldn't find a way to get over the line against them um, against Congo. Um, They'll obviously still they should obviously still go through. They have got they're on four points already, but. How far, do you think? Do you think Morocco are still after, after watching everyone in Africa? Do you think Morocco are still the outstanding favorites?
0: I don't personally. I think Senegal are still. I think Senegal are just yeah. the most complete, most you know efficient. Like you said, they like even when players like Mane aren't playing well, right place, right time, boom, boom yeah. goal. Like, yeah. Whereas I think Morocco, like, look, don't sleep on DR Congo either. I, I honestly, I think they have a semi-final run in them. I, I really like this team. Mm-hmm. I really think their coach is really good. Sabra, I think he's turned them around and I think their front line is awesome. Like Wisa, Bumganda, yes. uh, Kakuta and Bakamu. Bakamu, like, obviously, is, is, not, is not, you know, he's quite hot and cold, but oh, Wisa cooks, man. Wisa's so good. Oh, I love watching him ah, play. Kakuta,
1: Kakuta is one of the, is one of the, is one of the, the best players here. Yeah, I love oh. it. The, the, best Black, day, so.
0: the, the Black Zidane, as his nickname was when he was a kid, it's like, I love it. And he's finally fulfilling that potential at the AFCON, at least. Maybe maybe not in Chelsea when, when he was there. But yeah, so I think for me, Morocco, is. I was really surprised. They were quite ponderous. I think they have a bit of an issue, I think, yeah. in a couple positions. So I think, like, Saïs is just a bit old. So, like, he's not got the same mobility he once did. And then, obviously, both Masraoui yeah. and Atia Allah are injured. So they don't, you know, they're on their third... Uh, Third left-back, Chibi, who's right-footed. And, you know, same with Salim al-Mala. I'm not convinced, but, like, I still think they're one of the best teams. I think that right side of theirs is one of the strongest in world football. Like Ziyech, Hakimi, and Onahi. They're just the, – the understanding between I those think,
1: three I is think insane. Be... Yeah.
0: So I think, I, think, I think for me, Morocco um... – I, I would still have them as second favorites right now. For me, I don't think they're—I don't mm-hmm. think they favorites. I think still it's Senegal, but of course, what the thing I love is if Morocco topped this group. They'll be on opposite sides of the bracket, so you know, at the very least, we could be getting an absolute banger of a final if both of them get to the final.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Nigeria has something to say about that too. So, yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, um, Zambia and Tanzania played out another one-one draw.
0: <laughs> let Let me first give you some background, David.
1: Yeah, yeah, Zambia and, and Tanzania uh, played out a 1-1 draw.
0: Let me just quickly say something about Tanzania, okay? This is an absolutely wild story, okay? So, for those who don't know, Morocco yeah. and Algeria, their governments have a lot of beef, right? And it kind of stems back to, to issue, yeah. lo- lots of issues, but mainly around the Western Sahara and how Algeria supports Western Sahara's claim to, to independence and Morocco doesn't want them to become independent at all far more complex than that, but br- that's briefly what it is. So there's a lot of like tension between the two countries. There is, you know, oftentimes you can't travel, you can't travel between the two, the borders close, etc. Tanzania's coach, Algerian guy, Adel Mrouche, he says before the tournament in an interview, I think with Algerian state TV, and then does it also in a press conference, he says essentially, oh, CAF uh, is in Morocco's pocket. Morocco gets to choose the referees, get to choose where they play like blah 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 Morocco are in control in charge which you know whether they do it illegally or not isn't super far from the truth they have a lot of influence that, that <laughs> probably more than any other country on the continent but then after the first game in which Morocco thrashed his Tanzania 3-0 he the a Moroccan FA makes a complaint to CAF and then CAF bans him for eight eight matches OK, so first of all, it's just like, wow. quite funny because it plays into his narrative completely. Like, oh, I think Morocco is being, has too much influence at CAF. Morocco complains, CAF bans him. But anyway, so then Tanzania immediately fire him because they're essentially like, well, if you can't coach us, we don't want you. Um, and they, the guy they replaced him with is one of the backroom coaching staff. So now the care- caretaker coach for Tanzania for the last two games, his name is Hamed Morocco. I kid you not his name is morocco he's
1: tanzanian but
0: his name is morocco like oh
1: my god
0: yeah absolutely like i don't even know like yeah god has a humor man because the the fact that that could be the guy's name who took over a guy like yeah tanzanian nothing to do with morocco not north african nothing um but anyway that's that's a bit of a side note i think i think uh if, if i'm honest aside from maybe you know teams that I expect to do badly, like Egypt and Ghana. Oh, uh, sorry, not Egypt, more Ghana. Zambia, for me, have been the biggest disappointment of this tournament. I thought they were dreadful against Congo. Yeah. Really, really lucky to get a, a, a draw. And against Tanzania, Tanzania were the better side again. And I think, you know, Zambia got away with one again. So they're still still in a position where if they get, you know, sneak a win against, uh, against Morocco or even get a draw, I think that'll be enough. They'll go through as a third place team. Um, which would be pretty shameful because this team promised so much in terms of their attacking talent, but have just been, uh, yeah, such mm-hmm. a letdown, I'm not going to
1: lie. <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest, I think Zambia won it is that one that went in 2000 2010, 2012, sorry, yes, and, and they haven't really pushed on since then.
0: Yeah, despite having what I think a lot of us would call a slight golden generation, you know, they have a brilliant front three. Yeah. They've all played together from like under 15s all the way up. Especially Sakala and Daka. They had Inokwepu, you who looked yeah. like one of the best midfielders on the continent before his heart issues forced him to retire. Like, but they, you know, they didn't even qualify since 20, what, 2017, until now. And so I think there was a lot of hype around the team, and they've just been really, really yeah. poor. But credit to them, they've been really poor, but they're still in it. Like, you know, they haven't lost so. I think yeah. they, they've still left themselves with a chance tomorrow to, to get through, but well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I'm not gonna lie, Zambia have been really disappointing. I don't think they deserve to go through.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay, so I think South Africa again are another team who I think they remind me a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of um Angola in the sense that I want to say the unknown quantity, but there wasn't. Uh, a weight of expectation that other um, countries had but they've entertained the hell out of me i can't lie. like they've been so good to watch
0: bro i think i think i mentioned this last time but south africa have been done such a solid by by my melody, sundowns and am will point out because i think nine of their no eight of their 11 players who's who started in their game against namibia either play for sundowns now or used to play for sundowns um I think mm-hmm. seven of them play for now. And percy Chow, probably their, their biggest star at the moment uh used to play for them and now plays for al afli and so I, I like that that is something that no other team at this competition has where they can say look most of our teams it's
1: that synergy
0: yeah exactly trains stay their place together and not only trains and plays together but trains and plays together to an incredibly high standard i think i mentioned this last time but genuinely i think Rulani maquina is one of the best coaches in the world like brilliant brilliant coach and so I think they, I think they played brilliant. Look, I'll be honest. I work with a lot of South Africans. Like you said, there was not any expectation, even in South Africa. Like I, they had until the World Cup qualifiers, they had the longest unbeaten run coming into this tournament. Then they lost their last game uh, against Rwanda. And like when I told South Africans that, they couldn't believe it because they just have no faith in this team because you know the federation is badly run. <laughs> like it's been so chaotic the last like you know decade, really. Um, they didn't qualify for the last Afcon, mm-hmm. but. What what I've said about this team is I think they're a center forward away from from uh, from having a run to at least the semifinals because I think they're a brilliant team but you know Lyle Foster obviously isn't at the tournament because of his mental health issues which is a huge blow because I I rate him so highly and then the Mamalodi sundown center forward who's been probably the best striker in African club football over the last five years Peter Shalulwe is Namibian so he was playing against them. Um, and I, I, yeah, that's what I've always said is they're a Peter Shalilue away from getting to the semifinals if you was South African. But then they proved me wrong in that last <laughs> game, man, like, because I thought the issue would be scoring goals. But Kemba Zwane stepped up, like, they looked they looked so good. I think, so I think it'll be interesting because I think they will continue to play some of the better football in this tournament. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how they cope because then, like, in that game against Mali, they were much, much the better side. But then when they missed the penalty, they got knocked mm-hmm. a little bit. And then Mali's kind of quality showed in terms of their, like, talent, individual talent and individual physicality. So, I think, Salafre, like, you know, same with Congo. I think those are those are two that I think they could make a surprise run to the semifinals. I'm, I'm really excited for it.
1: Especially because, you I, you? I,
0: I can't lie, I'm, si- I'm sick of you West Africans and North Africans dominating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like
1: I'm sick of it's, it's It's never going to stop. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm sick of it. And,
0: you know, like... Our, our one East African representative, Tanzania, have probably been the worst team at the tournament. Um, so, <laughs> at least I need some yeah. Southern African brothers to do me a favor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, look, Tunisia are bottom of this group, and I, uh, yeah, it's not looking good for them at all. Uh, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath for them at all. Tunis- um, Tunisia, okay. Tunisia so, for me
0: is. Oh, sorry. I yeah. just quickly. I'll just say Tunisia for me is like the Grinch of football. Like, yeah. like it doesn't matter who yeah. they're playing. Doesn't matter how good they're. Doesn't matter if it's France in the World Cup. Doesn't matter if it's Namibia in the Afcon or or if it's Sao Tome and Principe in in the qualifiers. They're always going to play the same, which is the stodgy, really miserable type of football, wasting time. Like, and it, it's great to watch when they're playing France. But when they're playing teams that they should be dominating mm-hmm. especially cuz some of their players are really good they have a lot of talent but then they just choose to like perennially just play yeah like i just think they're the grinch of football um they're just one of the most defensive and kind of stodgy sides i've ever seen it when they don't even need to be <laughs> and so yeah i don't have i don't have loads of love for this Tunisia team past tunisian teams yes but this tunisian team not not, not much love for it i'm not going to
1: lie Um, so look, match day three has started, guys. And, um, I want to, I want to, I wanna, I want to go, we're going to, we're going to go over Nigeria very quickly because for once, Nigeria aren't making any headlines. Um, look, Nigeria beat Guinea-Bissau in a, in a game that expects us to win. And I think we probably left about six or seven goals on a pitch yesterday, which is fine because those six or seven goals could be much more use in later rounds. <laughs> um, but the second, the second half especially, I think that's the best Nigeria I've looked. That forty-five minutes is the best Nigeria I've looked the entire tournament. It was chance after chance. The ball moved exceptionally quickly, and it reminded me a little bit of how we used to play years back, where there was a lot of invention, there was a lot of freedom. Was, they all played with a smile, with a smile on their face. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's encouraging, you know, generally, it genuinely is encouraging for me to, to see that. That's 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 what I really want to see from Nigeria: play like. Play like you're Nigeria, and play with play with with some arrogance, play with some some pride, and play and um, play free, play free. That's it, really.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. Before, like I said, I didn't watch this game because I was I was kind of watching the other the other game.
1: Um,
0: but before their match yeah. against Ivory Coast, I was at the the Nigeria hotel doing doing interviews and stuff, and they, yes. you could just see how tense everyone was, how stressed, how mm-hmm. like set up everyone was. Like it was it was. Like, they, they had such a burden on them. But then after that game, going back to the hotel, everyone's joking. Everyone's having a great time, like, having a laugh. Like, it just felt like suddenly this weight had been lifted off this team. And, yeah, like yeah. like I was saying earlier, it's crazy to me to think that Nigeria are now one of the favorites to, to go deep in this tournament. And, again, for me, like, I like, I cannot believe I'm saying that. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys – you guys are all happy, um, but for me, yeah, of it's, it's honestly, it's honestly stunning. I did not see it coming. And we'll see. I mean, last tournament, Nigeria looked like probably the best team in the group stages, and then lost to to an, another m- miserable Tunisia side. So we'll see. But yeah, it's fair play. Fair play to Passero. Fair play to to the Super Eagles.
1: For sure. All right, guys. Look, look. I'm just gonna. I'm not. I'm not even gonna dress it up. Look, I could I can totally beat the crap out of Ivory four 0 and I'm not sure if any. I don't think anybody saw that coming, but I think the most surprised person in the world is probably Didier Drogba.
0: <laughs> my guy was my guy was stunned. Even even the first was it the first goal Stressed. when it when it cut to the coach Jean-Louis Gasset, and he he was just stunned, like he couldn't believe yeah. it. Like he was just like he was shook. Yeah, man, it was men against boys, man. d'Ivoire lost their heads, and Equatorial Guinea managed that that game. Food perfection. It was unreal. Like
1: yeah. craziest game. I, like um, I, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. It was uh, crazy. I mean, you look at think about this, right? So you create. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I've seen Arsenal create a bunch of chances this season and not score any goals, right? Ivory post created twenty two chances and only had three on target, but they lost four. But they lost nil. But to me, I, all, all I all I remember. Cause I re rewatched most of this game afterwards, right? What I remember from this is that Equatorial <laughs> could have probably scored more than the four that they did. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, so,
0: it's it like it was a so, so, wow, it was crazy, crazy man.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm 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 just I'm really impressed with Insu. Like he's finishing everything, like he just. He's, he's probably been the best player tournament this, this so far, I think.
0: Which is absolutely wild. I love it. Uh, the only the last thing I'd say on that is so I watched that game. We decided to like watch watch it in a fan zone rather than go to the stadium, um, partially also because I wanted to cover the Egypt-Cape Bird game, which was in the other stadium, um, and, and the, like, the main stadium that Kodiba be have been playing at in Nigeria is like, oh, it's a pain in the ass to get to. It takes like two, two three hours to get there. Um, from, from uh, So we are like, okay, let's watch it at a fan zone near the other stadium, and then we'll go to the other stadium. Let me tell you, before the game started, it was a huge party. Like, people, like, Cote d'Ivoire, like, oh, I love dancing. It was amazing. Like, the music was brilliant. They had a DJ. They liked like, in this fan zone. It was, it was awesome. End of the game, first of all, it was almost completely empty because everyone had just left. But, like, tables were overturned. Chairs were broken. Like, people were just losing their minds. Like, losing their minds. Just throwing shit. Like, it was, yeah, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it, um, how, like, the difference between the beginning of the, of the game and the end, like, it was so much anger. Not anything, like, violent towards people. Like, we, I didn't feel unsafe or anything, but, like, there was so much, uh, so much, like, vandals. And, and this morning, we drove past the the Ivorian Football Federation's offices just by chance. Um and I noticed they had like set up like twenty like uh, soldiers and policemen yes. that weren't there yesterday, but were suddenly there. Like, and, yeah. and the street was closed. Um, so it's like, just tells you how angry, okay, angry
1: that, this country is. That is wild. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know why the Afghans seems to keep throwing up woody surprises. And it, it, what's crazy for us as viewers is that. We tell people the time that you can never really guess what's going to happen in this tournament, but even then, knowing that we're going to be surprised, we're still still surprised. surprised.
0: Yeah, (laughs) even when you're expecting the unexpected, it's even when you're expecting the unexpected, you like you don't know what's going to happen. It's crazy. It's like oh my goodness, yeah. It's it's been amazing. Honestly, this tournament has been fantastic. I loved it,
1: and we're not letting up there because. You know, in the the other group now, (laughs) Mozambique and Ghana, right? I'm not gonna say the score because everyone that's that's listening should know the score ban already. But scoring two goals, right? Two goals in added time. I personally think should result in you winning the game. I'm 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 sorry, like you should just just relinquish, you know, relinquish whatever hold you had on on the group, whatever, and give it to the other team because that's unacceptable. It's, it's so unacceptable, oh honestly. Gunners. I don't know where to blame. Like, do like okay, okay. Do we okay? Common do we blame Ofori? I don't know. I think for me, it's like,
0: obviously, there's like a huge amount of kind of anger at Ofori. Like I get it, but like he's not the reason they didn't win. He's not the reason that they did terribly yeah. in at this competition. And like you know, if you you know, I, I think as football fans, particularly you know, when I'm in the UK, we put so much value in corners, you know, like you think about the XG of a corner, it's like less than 1% or something crazy like yes. that, you know, like, it, so it's not like he's like given up this golden chance. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. stupid. But yeah, for me, it, it kind of, it doesn't surprise me. and it almost makes me happy because Ghana has been so badly managed as, as a country. Um, and I, I even feel quite bad for Chris Heaton mm-hmm. because, like, you know, he's been on our podcast. I really, I really like him. He's a really lovely guy. Um, and I think he's had a hard time in the UK as a coach and as a player like talking about like stuff around race and stuff so i have a lot of sympathy for him but like he didn't manage it particularly well but but mainly his federation is just an absolute joke ghana is so badly managed like and it's i hope this is what it takes to get them to clean house to reset it almost certainly won't but it's what is needed because ghana has just been such a joke like ten years now, and it's so hard to think that twenty uh, that 10, 15 years ago they made it to what six semifinals in a row or something like that. Like they were like insane, mm-hmm. and now they're just an absolute joke. Two tournaments back to back being knocked out, back to back being knocked out by like what one a debutant in Comoros and two a team in Mozambique that have never won a game in the Afcon. Like it's just it's, it's humiliating.
1: Do, do you know? What I think is the Answer her. The, the IU brothers just can't yeah. be in the squad anymore, even yeah. for the next upcoming qualifiers. Now, just
0: yeah, I agree.
1: Just and they can't they can't get any more caps. It and you know what the wild the sense. wild thing
0: is, people were people were calling for that, not so much me, but people were calling for that in Ghana for the last Afcon. So people were calling for them both to be moved on to the last Afcon. Since then, they both played at the World mm-hmm. Cup. Both played at the next Afcon. Like it's just crazy. You know, like. That they're still still so involved, and it's ruining their like, Honestly, particularly Andre's yeah. stellar reputation. Man, like this guy was brilliant for Ghana, and now he's gonna be remembered as the captain yep. got sent off against Komoros, gave away a penalty against Mozambique. Like, uh, yeah, man, yeah, what a mess!
1: What mm-hmm. a mess! You know, when you talk about over- overstaying your welcome, I think he's the post- he's the poster boy for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Um, a look, again, Cape Verde, Egypt. I quickly ran upstairs, right, because I thought, okay, the game's done. You know, I was quickly just getting ready for the, for the next day. And then I switched on. I, sw- I looked on my phone, and I was like, hold on a second, another goal alert. Oh, Egypt got another, like, uh, got, got something to ice the game. Like, that's what I thought, at least, anyway. And it ends up being a new class for Cape Verde. Um... At that moment, I wasn't sure who was going through. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I was just so confused at everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know, bro. I was the exact same. I had to leave the stadium to do like a a match report for for CNN, and so I had to like go to a hotel nearby to record it. So I was like, as soon as it hit ninety minutes, I started leaving the stadium, and then I kind of turned around right at at, like the kind of gates to leave the terraces. And suddenly Egypt score. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I, I ended up standing at that one spot rather than after leaving my seat for like 10 minutes because then then I stayed until Cape Verde mm-hmm. scored. And I was like, what on earth? Like there was four goals <laughs> and added time in those two games. Four, like, yeah. and every single goal changed the permutations of what would happen in the group. Like every goal mattered. Every goal exactly. changed. Like I was yeah. oh, just absolutely insane. Yeah. Honestly, yesterday was one of the craziest days uh, of I've ever witnessed.
1: It was unreal. I, I genuinely think, and I'm not saying this just because I'm an African or whatever, but I don't think any other tournament that i watch really gets me going the way Afcon does, like, genuinely. Like, there's years and years of watching it growing up and whatnot, but I just think in, in general, like, this the unpredictability of it, the... Crazy types of goals, all of the drama of all of the federations, because there's no draw, there's no federation in in one that's completely and utterly just plain sailing. Everyone's got problems. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, I love it. Honestly, it's, it's just it's, magic. it's pure it's pure cinema.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's the if you, if, yeah, so, like you say, cinema. There's nothing but nothing that can beat it. Honestly, I don't know any other tournament that can have the yeah. drama there yesterday. It's unreal, like. And the no, fact that it means no so talk. much to every country as well, like oh my goodness, like yeah. this entire country came to a standstill yesterday. That's unreal. Like driving, driving after the Ivorian game, we were worried we wouldn't be able to get to the stadium in time for the next game. There wasn't a car on the road. It was the easiest time I've oh, had wow. with traffic here because everyone had just like stopped. <laughs> everyone had gone home. Like everyone was so depressed. Like yeah, that's the,
1: man, the magic of football. Yeah. Magic wow. of Afcon.
0: I love it. Um, looking
1: ahead, look. In a head look. We've got, we've got Cameroon um, Cameroon in, in, against Gambia later, and then Guinea versus Senegal, and then uh, Mauritania versus Algeria, and Angola versus Burkina Faso. Cameroon and Algeria have have the potential to do the funniest thing today, and I really, really hope they follow through with it. I mean, you've seen your age mates in Ghana and, and Egypt last night. Guys, just give us something. Like, so in Ghana and Ivory Coast... Give us something close to that, and I'll be happy, man. <laughs>
0: I'll be, I'll be so happy. Algeria, I don't think will. I think, I think they are too good. But man, Cameroon, I can, <laughs> I can see them drawing with with Gambia. I can see it happening, and I would, I would love it. Like, because not only would it make Cote d'Ivoire get through, but also it would make Cameroon like and just bring an end to this absolute nonsense that has been Cameroon in the AFCON. It's just been, been has been absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah, man, I can't wait. I cannot wait.
1: Yeah. um guys you know where to you know where to where to find us on the whistle otw uh, underscore, pod, um, underscore podcast um and obviously us for the show the Spantane show i've been coach alistair has been alistair alistair johnson in peace peace
0: oh yeah oh, sorry how do you guys do it you say it together <laughs>
1: peace. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: sorry i'm working on it i'm it's working fine. on it <laughs>
1: All this trip on me, I feel amazing I And mean, you're so special, it's the occasion sure And, and I pop sure. champagne like it's a celebration And across home. the Please. nation, are you ready? Right. Sure. Uh.